The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, they're, they're spoilers and, and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much we would pay to watch Zombieland. Uh, my name is Kerwin, and joining me today is Jason. What up, Jason? Not much about you, Kerwin. I'm good, man. What are you drinking today? McLeod Ultra today. Cool. Uh, also joining us is Mugga. What's up, Mugs? What's going on, Kerwin? I'm good, man. What are you drinking today? Also an Ultra. Making her debut on the show is Lindy. How you doing, Lindy? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, what are you drinking today? Starbucks cold brew. Great. And an ultra. And an ultra. All right, cool. And uh, also joining us on the show, making his return is Ricky. What up, Ricky? What up, Kerwin? Uh, what are you drinking today? A nice cold Dos Equis. All right. So today we're talking about Zombieland, released October 2nd, 2009, produced by Columbia Pictures, Relativity Media, and Pariah. It's distributed by Sony Pictures. It stars Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, Abigail Breslin, and Bill Murray. It's directed by Ruben Fleischer, and it's written by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. Uh, so before we get into behind the scenes, Mugga, why don't you hit us with the financials? So this came out, um, like you said, in October 2nd, 2009. Um, very successful movie. It had a budget of $23.6 million, and it actually did domestic total gross is $75.5 million, so it was very successful. Um uh, foreign, it did it did okay, around 27 million. So overall, this thing brought in a little over 100 million. 102 is what I got. Opening weekend, it ranked number one, which I'll get into all that. But before we do that, I wanted to bring up at the time when this came out, it made 60.8 million in 17 days, making it the uh, the biggest or top grossing zombie film of all time over Dawn of the Dead um, until though in 2013, World War Z came out. Mm-hmm. World War Z um, really crushed it with 202, but it cost 190 million to make World War Z. So there oh, wasn't shit. that big of a profit. Here's my question I wanted to ask you guys. Zombieland Double Tap comes out. Do you think it will surpass World War Z or not? I mean, it's a big difference from 75. I think there's more of a following now for this movie. So I'm wondering if Dub- Double Tap will... I don't know. That's that's a lot of money, but I think um, I mean you got to look at it this way: like the first movie came out a decade ago, yeah. you know. So I don't know if people people are really like clamoring for a sequel, and then you also have you know a ton of zombie stuff coming out after this movie. You had a bunch of movies. You had The Walking Dead. You know, I mean, are are zombies something that people are still crazy into? Not to say that people are tired of it, but I think we just have so much of it. I don't know if people, especially are, with The Walking Dead now. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I think I think a lot of people like the first one, and I do think the second one will do well. But I don't think it's gonna like break any records. Yeah, but this, I mean, if this, if it only cost twenty three million to make this, and it grossed over you know one hundred two, this is a very successful movie. You know, um, going to the opening weekend. It did open up at number one. Um, it was around 25 million. This is one thing that I found really interesting. Usually when I look up opening weekend, I mean, how, how many movies do you guys think are in theaters on any particular weekend? Um, I would say on average, there's around 40 movies, I think, for opening weekend. This weekend, however, had 128 movies. Now I get it, some are only in like five theaters, but I thought that was significantly weird. I went all the way down to number 60, where The Hurt Locker was still in theaters. That was its 15th week though. But it had literally 128 movies. Um, But in the top 10, some of the ones um, that I'm looking at, there was uh, Toy Story and Toy Story 2 that they re-released in 3D. That was number three. Some other movies, The Invention of Lying. Have you guys ever heard of this movie? Sounds familiar. I, I don't. Th- these are the ones that came out this weekend. Um, the Invention of Lying and another movie called Whip It that came in at number six. I did go down, though, after the top ten. 
Inglorious Bastards was still in theaters. The Hangover, that Hangover was in its 18th week. Um, Paranormal Activity and G.I. Joe: The Rise of Cobra, as well as Harry Potter: The Half Blood Prince, that was uh, number 30. But yeah, 128 movies, which I thought was interesting. Um, I've never seen that much of a list for in a weekend, but Zombieland did come in at number one with uh, 25. Right below it was a movie called Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs that came in around 16 million. So it, it dominated the opening weekend. All right, Jason, uh, tell us what the people thought of this movie. So in Rotten Tomatoes, critics, 90% of them liked it uh, with an average rating of 7.38 out of 10. Uh, there was 247 votes. 222 gave it a fresh rating. Audience, this is a little interesting. Typically, audience is higher than the critics, but here the audience score is only at 86%. So 86% of the audience gave it a rating of 3.5 or higher with uh, 642,000 votes. So uh, 90% for critics. I feel like that's pretty good. You haven't seen that in a while in some of the movies you've been doing. Um, (laughs) IMDb uh, average rating was a 7.6 out of 10 with over 471,000 votes. Usually I look up the demos for this on how the ratings compare between male and female in the age groups. Here they were within a tenth of a point. So everyone was around either 7.6, 7.5, 7.7, but all within like three tenths. There were some interesting quotes on Rotten Tomatoes that I wanted to bring up. One of them was uh, by a guy named Michael Phillips from the Chicago Tribune. He said, warts, entrails, and all. I had a ball at Zombieland. It's 81 minutes of my kind of stupid. And then just one other quote was, uh, Woody Harrelson is at his peak in this clever, fast-paced Zomcom. And I think Woody Harrelson just does an awesome job in this movie. We'll get to that later. But um, yeah, that's all I got for the ratings. All right, cool. So uh, let's get into behind the scenes. Muggo, what do we got? So starting with how this movie originated, um, it's written by Rhett Reese and Paul Rennick. Um, I guess Rennick had worked on reality TV shows prior to this. He actually won three Emmys, but then he ended up partnering up with Reese um, in 2001. And this was the first movie they made. Um, I went into research kind of other movies they did. Do you guys see what they've done recently? The Deadpool and Deadpool 2. They have their hand in that. Um, oh, wow. G.I. Joe, Retaliation. And another movie that I saw I really like is called Life. It's like Ryan Reynolds takes up in space and all that. Oh, I thought it was the, the Eddie Murphy. No. no. <laughs> so, so, so they've done some successful things. This was their first one. Um, I think it's because Wernick was doing stuff with reality TV and all that. This was supposed to originally be a TV series. I think what they thought was zombies haven't really touched the TV side yet. So I think CBS bought the rights to it and they were going to have, Jason, I think you had the number of episodes they wanted to make this, right? It was like a 24 episode. Yeah, they wanted to make 24. And just something to remember too, like this is before The Walking Dead. That's what I was going to get yeah. to. Yeah, Walking Dead now has probably done what they were trying to do. Exactly. But um, it was supposed to come out the summer of 2005, but they never made the pilot and it just it never got started, never got made. I then believe they just, since then though, kept adding and adding, because this came out in 2009, they kept adding their like list of ideas to like keep it going, and then they kind of partnered up with a guy named Ruben Fleischer, is how you say his name, and he helped them develop it into the motion picture that we just saw. Um, he was actually the director. What I found interesting, I guess John Carpenter was attached to this as a TV show, but I think when um, Ruben came in and helped them out, they just went in that direction, which I think he did a great job. It's, it's very well directed, in my opinion. But, um, but yeah, that's how the whole thing got made. You guys got anything else on the, the writing or the rights? 
Well, I just know that like some of the elements of the movie were going to be included in the TV show, oh, like okay. Zombie Kill of the Week. Did uh, you get that? No. Okay, yeah. So like originally in the uh, TV series that they were going to do, kind of like we see in the movie too, when the old lady drops a piano on the zombie's head and it goes, you know, Zombie oh, Kill of the Week. So great, yeah. That's what they were going to do every week in every episode. They're going to have oh, a Zombie wow. Kill of the Week. Um, one other thing I read about the script was that it made the blacklist in 2007. When I think of blacklist, I think that it's like not a good movie and it's kind of been like, hey, we're never yeah. going to make this. But this actually means the opposite, right, Kerwin? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's why. Yeah. yeah it was, <laughs> well, so I, I guess what they do is they create this list of movies that have scripts that are written but have not been picked up yet. So in 2007, um, I think this one won like the best featured blacklist movie. Some of the other ones in 2007 were um, Selma, World War Z, The Wolf of Wall Street, and Adventureland. And the funny thing is, uh, Jesse Eisenberg goes on to do Adventureland in 2009 as it's well. It's crazy that World War Z was also on there, a zombie movie as well. The idea of zombies, like when I think about zombies, they're slow. I mean, let's let's talk about before any of the, the movies we've seen right now. So especially The Walking Dead or this movie. Previous to this, typically zombies are slow paced. They, they don't move real fast. And these ones run. I did read about that. They dance with Michael Jackson. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that that yeah. is ironically linked to this movie, too. But I think director Ruben Fleischer got some inspiration from like Shaun of the Dead, which is a little more goofy, kind of how this movie is, too. But then also after 28 days later, you guys ever seen that? Or 28 weeks later? No. That's the Zack Snyder movie, right? Yeah. And these zombies, if you guys ever see these movies, these things fucking run. Like they chase after well, people. I did read that he wanted the zombies to run because he thought that they would just be more scarier is what I read. Yeah, is that what they were going for then? Yeah, yeah. so something like that. And then I think it was Dawn of the Dead. The one with, uh, Is that the one with Ving Rhames? Yeah. Dawn of the Dead? Yeah, yeah so th those two movies especially. Shaun of the Dead was more the goofy aspect, but 28 Days Later and then Dawn of the Dead, just because these zombies just run and they're way more frightening, I think that's what kind of put them over the top to do this, and that's why we kind of see these zombies in this one mm -hmm. just act crazy and really run fast. It, it does more for the zombies, just like if you look at like the creator of the genre, so to speak, like George A. Romero. His movies like Dawn of the Dead, um, what's the original one? Night of the Living Dead. You watch it and they're moving at like a one mile an hour pace. And it just doesn't give you the, the tension. There's not, nothing about it scary when you realize you can light jog and get away from everything. Right. I mean, one of the rules, though, also is cardio, right? So it's yeah. kind of set the tone <laughs> yeah. of these yeah, things the are fatties fast. Yeah. The fatties go first. Is <laughs> yeah. um, so getting on to the casting, um, I'm just going to start with Jesse Eisenberg. He plays Columbus. All I have on him, I, I didn't know of anyone else that was supposed to be for that role or up for it. I, I just have him. The only thing I got is that he wasn't originally supposed to be called Columbus. I think the original script had him known as Flagstaff. That's Arizona, right? Yeah. 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 So, but I mean, he's the movie is supposed to him going to Columbus, Ohio, right? That's why that I don't want to know your name, but I, I read they were supposed to be Flagstaff. They must have changed it sometime. But yeah, he's known as Columbus. I just got it was him, and that was it. You know, so I don't know if he was part of the choice. Well, I know that they had a lot of people audition for Jesse, and I think Woody Harrelson or for for Jesse's part, sorry. Yeah. Um, but Woody Harrelson kind of sat in, and he fell in love with Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, okay. That's why I ended up getting the part. But just a couple of guys that were up for uh, Columbus, Jesse Eisenberg's part was Jamie Bell, who was in uh, Jumper, Snowpiercer, uh, King Kong. Uh, but he dropped out. And then also, this one's funny, uh, Taylor Lautner was considered to uh, replace 
Uh, his, Jamie would Bell his, would his shirt be on if he was in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then I th- just one fun fact about Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, he talks about being afraid of clowns in the movie a few times. In real life, Jesse Eisenberg's mother worked as a party clown. Yeah, I so that I thought too. that was pretty funny. So yeah, Jesse Eisenberg plays Columbus. Um, I'm going to bypass Woody Harrelson and Bill Murray. I think we'll do those last. Um, the other one I want to get to was Emma Stone. Um, I think she's great in this. She's Wichita. I think she originally was supposed to be Girl 406, the neighbor that Columbus kind of has a crush on at one point or whatnot. But I guess the director loved her so much. I think her career was starting to take off around this time that they put her up as Wichita then. And that's kind of was. And then everyone I read loved working with her. She's just a joy to be around and everything. Was this after Superbad, right? Yeah, I think it was after Superbad, okay. yeah. And I think, but I think she was also doing a TV show at the time, wasn't she? I'm not. Was it, on, was it that one on Disney Channel? I don't know. I, uh-huh. I, I just know that her career was taking off, and that's why they kind of um, promoted her to Wichita. Just real quick with Emma Stone, too. Do you know some of the girls that were up to? No, I don't be her have part? any of that. Megan Fox turned down the role of Wichita. This one, I don't know who this is. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Yeah. She's all that? No, that's Rachel Lee The name does sound familiar. And Amber Tamblyn auditioned. Okay, there's a couple other people up for that, but yeah. I'm so glad they went with Emma Stone. She's great. Oh yeah. yeah, she she like does like and the, I, the I dual think, role, kind of like that femme yeah. fatale kind of role. And I think her and Jesse Eisberg really play well off each other. I think they had chemistry. Yeah. Um, Abigail Breslin, is that how you say her name? Breslin. Breslin, okay. Um, she's known as Little Rock. She was originally supposed to be called Stillwater. I thought that was weird. Huh? All Arkansas cities? I, I yeah. guess, I don't know. I, they, they changed everything. But um, a little fun fact about her, the dog, do you guys read about that? The dog that... Uh, Woody Harrelson has a flashback of. I guess she fell in love with this dog and they were filming around her birthday. So on her birthday, she bought the dog and adopted it as like a present to herself. So the dog you see is actually her dog. I thought that was kind of cool. That's cool. It was funny. I was watching the DVD commentary and some of the behind the scenes. Like she so wanted to be a zombie. Really? She said that she was like going up to all the people playing zombies, especially like the first couple days of shooting. The first, I think day three and day four, they shot the scenes at the theme park. Right. So that's like their first time really interacting with each other, all the stars as well as the zombies. And she said that she would just keep going up to all the zombies, like asking about the makeup and how they're gonna act. And she just kept going to the director saying, before this movie is over, I want to turn into a zombie. I don't care if you have to kill me off, whatever you have to do, but I want to be a zombie. And they just wouldn't let her do it. The closest she got was a little bite. And she said it was like habanero sauce and like some kind of mint flavored fake blood. And she had actually licked and she said that was the closest I got to being a zombie, but I thought that was funny. She does good. Um, Amber Heard is the girl 406. Have you seen anything that she's done? Aquaman. Is she? She's Mara in Aquaman. I did not know that. Greatest movie. (laughs) Greatest movie of 2019. Um, let's get into the fun ones. I'll start with Woody Harrelson's character, Tallahassee. Um, he was originally supposed to be called Albuquerque. I'm glad they did the whole Tallahassee thing. But his casting was very interesting. He took the role under four conditions. Did you guys read about the four conditions? The two that I got, it just says casting and crew. So I don't know if he had to say. Those were his two conditions. The other one, though, um, if you know anything about Woody Harrelson, he's very much into like the environment and all that stuff. He said that the film has to have an environmentally conscious set. So just basically environmentally friendly is kind of interesting. But the fourth one, um, he wanted the director to not eat dairy the entire time. The director actually came out and said that that's like an alcoholic trying not to drink. Um, but I guess he tried to do the dairy thing, but I think he only was able to like accomplish being a vegetarian. But I think he did it more than the day that they were shooting because it only took 41 days to shoot. And I think he was a vegetarian for almost 11 months is what I got. Um, the Twinkie part where uh, Woody Harrelson eats the Twinkie, that's not an actual Twinkie. That's some sort of, yeah, like plant-based thing that they did. I, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, like he had like vegan Twinkies. Yeah, made for something him. like that. Yeah. You know? 
Um, getting into one of my treasures of this movie is Bill Murray, okay? So do you guys know how this all started? So they always wanted a cameo in the movie, someone to play themselves. Um, Bill Murray was not the original choice. The original one was Patrick Swayze. Um, he uh, was going to be in it. Um, great actor. I mean, I grew up in the 80s and 90s watching him. Um, unfortunately, rest in peace, he was going through cancer and all that stuff. So he was unable to do it. But I guess they had some sort of like way to write him in with using the ghost references, or like the wheel and all that, using part of his career. But unfortunately, because of what he was going through, he was unable to do it. Then they had a bunch of other candidates to become this actual cameo person, someone to play themselves in Hollywood. Do you guys have that list? Does anyone want to take that? If you want to do it, go ahead, Jay. It's 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 comical. So this is a list I got. I don't know yeah. if you have any ones to add, but one was Joe Pesci. Yeah, I got Joe Pesci. Mark Hamill. I got, they, boy, Mark Hamill. <laughs> Dwayne, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Kevin Bacon, yep. good old Jean-Claude Van Damme, yep. and Matthew McConaughey. I also have Sylvester Stallone. Oh, I have shoot. the exact list with Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Damn. Um, but uh, I, I, for whatever reason, I don't understand why they didn't. And I read that the director finally was like, hey, Woody Harrelson, do you have anyone that can play this role? Like, do you know anyone in Hollywood? He goes, what about Bill Murray? And I think they sent him a script. He didn't have email or anything. And I believe he picked it up at a print shop. I think it was Kinko's. But Bill Murray loved it. But he wanted to change it to where I think he was supposed to already be infected. And Bill Murray wanted to change it where he wasn't infected. And kind of, and then the director loved it. And that's why you see um, what you see on camera where he's faking to be mm. an actual um, a zombie bitten infected. Just to like survive and just enjoy his life. Goes out and plays Riviera, you know, like by himself and all that in his mansion. But, uh, but it's not a huge cast if you don't consider the 160 zombies, you know. But yeah, that's the casting of all that, which I really love this cast I think they feed off each other very very well can we go back to Woody Harrelson though yeah um, just real quick with uh, Woody Harrelson um, did you guys read that they had to suspend filming for a little while no because he got arrested for a marijuana possession Woody Harrelson did yeah what so I don't know if you guys know but him and uh, the country dude that's really popular He's Willie Nelson Willie Nelson so Woody Harrelson and um, Willie Nelson are actually pretty good friends and they smoke pot a lot so I cut that <laughs> this, uh, this sounds like a pretty believable story um, there's also an incident at LaGuardia. So right after... I do have that. Yeah, okay, so right, so right after the filming, uh, he was flying to New York, lands in LaGuardia. And uh, so you gotta imagine, like, coming off filming this movie, you're constantly being, like, chased after by zombies and all this kind of stuff. Things are jumping out at you. And I guess the paparazzi started... T- TMZ. TMZ yeah. started to, to come after him. And I think he hits one of them. Well, he was in character still. He said, yeah. like, zombies and all that. So I think he actually hit the TMZ reporter. Yeah, I think his quote was, I wrapped a movie called Zombieland in which I was constantly under assault by zombies, then flew to New York, still very much in character. With my daughter at the airport, I was startled by paparazzi who I quite understand, understandably mistook for a zombie. Well, I mean, TMZ stands for too many zombies. So. <laughs> um, before I get into like filming and locations and all that, I wanted to also go back to the script. The rules, do you guys know? I mean, we all see the rules throughout the movie. Um, Originally, there were supposed to be 100 rules. Obviously, we don't see that. I think because of cuts, I think we go up to 32 is what I see, which is, isn't that 32, enjoy the small things or the little things? Yeah, that's I, number so 32. I don't, so I think there's only 32 that you actually see on camera. There was a couple rules that were cut from the actual movie itself, and I want to go over like the rules. I think I have like eight or nine of them. So the first one was rule number six, it's cast iron skillet. And then the other one I have, rule number 12, is bounty paper towels. So this one I think is supposed to be, as in, yeah, as in bounty paper towels, if there is one way to describe Zombieland, it is moist. <laughs> wow. Okay, going on, uh, rule number 15, I got the bowling ball rule. 
Nothing says massive head trauma like a bowling ball. Wow. Okay. Uh, rule 29, the buddy system rule. It is so important that we take a cue from our zombie neighbors and we have each other's backs. Are you messing with me? No, this, this is, is really what okay. it is. Yeah. Rule 33 is the Swiss Army knife. Uh, the Swiss Army used the knife for a reason. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> okay. Rule, rule 34 is the clean socks rule. That one I don't have anything for. Okay. Uh, I think that should be a rule for everyone. But um, rule 48, hygiene rule. That one I don't have anything for. And then either. rule 49, always have backup. So, yeah, we'll, I know we'll get into the rules and all that stuff, um, the ones that we do see on camera. Um, going into filming, um, they began filming in February 2009. The director is his first full uh, motion picture directing and all that. And because of that, he gave the actors and also the cast of the movie, um, not the cast, uh, the what's the word I'm looking for? Crew. The crew, yeah. Um, the freedom to do a lot of stuff that they wanted to do. But for the actors, he gave them the freedom to act, um, especially like in the car. Have you guys seen the scene where they're cutting and they're all like driving? Oh, yeah, so yeah. I, I saw an interview with Jesse Eisenberg and uh, Woody Harrelson, and Jesse loved that part because I guess he gave them like 30 minutes to just be in this car, and they said, just talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. And they edited it really well. Um, the, the Hannah Montana discussion, did you guys see that part? It was a big part of the movie. That was all organic by you know the actors and all that. But I thought that's kind of a risky move, but like great in a sense that, hey, you guys know what you're doing. Here's 30 minutes. Just go ahead and act. And they, they said... What do you want us to talk about? He goes, anything you want. And aren't you talking about like a five o'clock shadow? He goes, well, I get mine at 4.30, so it's not really five o'clock. I mean, it's very funny to watch that part. But um, but yeah, I thought that was kind of good. So when you see a lot of that going on, they were just put in a car with the green screen around and just said, just act. The first shot was filmed in a parking lot in Georgia, and they added the effects of the D.C. Capitol building. Did you especially pay attention to that? I could kind of tell because I don't think it's exactly the way it's laid out. I know it's supposed to take in this apocalyptic world, you know, with zombies, but it was a little different. So I understand that that's not the real um, Washington, D.C. Um, but saying that this movie is supposed to take place all across the country, but most of it was filmed in Georgia. So getting into the Georgia, I guess the state of Georgia was really wanting to help out. They were shut down freeways for them when you see like cars and all that stuff. One thing that I thought was great was um, a lot of the cars that you see that are broken down. I read that a lot of those were the extras cars. So the extras, like the zombies and all that, they needed props, so they would bring their cars and just put up like the hoods and all that stuff. Oh, shoot. I so, yeah, that. so I thought that was kind of cool. Um, you do see a part where Harrelson and Eisenberg are are walking through like an abandoned town. I think that's called Newnim Town outside of uh, Atlanta, like 30 miles. And that what you see there, that's a real tank and all that stuff. But yeah, a little bit outside of Atlanta, the famous Blaine's grocery store scene. Um, that's obviously not a grocery store. It's just a vacant building that they had near Atlanta again. It's off of Highway 278. I've never been to Georgia, so we'll see about that. But um, they uh, they stocked that whole thing up with like the actual um, products and all that stuff. Everything was real except for the meat. They had to use actual fake props because I guess filming that, they, it would be too cost if they had actual real meat to keep it preserved. So I thought that was kind of cool. Do you guys like that scene? I, yeah, I love that scene. Yeah, it was, it was weird too because I was watching the behind the scenes and they said like they just printed the meat like pictures on paper. And so like inside the coolers that are about waist high where you kind of look in and grab stuff, like that's just paper. And they, they show them peeling it back. And then all of the freezers and fridge area, it's just paper. Yeah. So they show like Jesse Eisenberg like peeling it back. It's like, no, it's not real. See, <laughs> see it's not real. A little fun fact about that scene. Um, Tallahassee, Woody Harrelson's character, has to do a banjo part to get the zombies to come out. I guess he actually said this is important, so he actually learned how to play the banjo in that song exactly the way. So it's him playing it. It's not like, you know, 
dubbed in or whatnot. I thought that was kind of cool. He said, this is important. So he actually learned the banjo just for that specific part. Um, moving on, though, uh, Bill Murray's house. That is actually a mansion in Georgia. So it's not in the Hollywood Hills. If you watch where Bill Murray dies and they do his little burial, they salute. I think you can kind of tell that's not the Hollywood Hills. You know, you kind of get a Georgia feel. But yeah, that was actually taking place in Georgia. However, they did film stuff in California, especially obviously the Hollywood part. Um, they did all of the L.A. stuff in one day which I thought was impressive. Um, I tried, because I was researching this, and I, I actually, when we get into experience, I watched it again yesterday. I could not see on Hollywood Boulevard, because Chinese theater's on Hollywood or Sunset? Uh, it's on Hollywood, it's I on think. It's on Hollywood, right? I could not see, like, did they block off anything? I'm trying to look for some people. I, it's really impressive how they did it, because they make it look like it's just scarce. There's no one there. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. They did all that in one day. The other part I think we're getting into is the Pacific Playground Amusement Park. This is an actual park in Georgia. It's called Wild Adventures Theme Park. So everything you're seeing is basically the way it is, especially the blast-off ride. That's actually called the Firecracker Ride. And the director loved that. I think he rode or, uh, yeah, he rode that ride, and he got like an empty stomach feeling when they blast you up and fall down. And he says he still to this day will get that feeling every time he watches the movie and watches Emma Stone and uh, the, the younger girl go up and down. He says, I still get that feeling because I know what they're going through. That's like this. Supreme Scream ride, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we have out here in Magic Mountain. Um, however, the Haunted Mansion is not part of that theme park. So that was filmed somewhere else. And I guess what was tough about it, they said not only was it filmed somewhere else, it became an editing nightmare because also it was a different location, but it was a lot colder in one spot. I couldn't figure out which one. So they said to try to match it up was really hard. Now, I read this before I watched it yesterday. I couldn't tell the difference. I thought they did a great job at then editing it in because it does look like it's actually at the park, right? Did you get that? Yeah, well, because when they shot the theme park, that was day three and four of shooting. Right. So that's what they shot first. Uh, and that's going to be the end of the movie as yeah. we find out. But they said it was like 20 degree weather. Yeah. It was the first time the cast and crew had really been together. It's the first time they're interacting yeah. with the zombies. So I thought watching it, like they do a great job of like kind of buttoning up the movie and like showing like, hey, like we've been through all this stuff. And Emma Stone talks about in the behind the scenes where she's like, yeah, it's really hard to get into character and like think about, okay, I've experienced all this stuff. How would I be reacting now mm -hmm. without have filmed it yet? So I thought that was weird. I, I think that they were having trouble finding a theme park that would allow them to do this. And they liked the look of this because it was kind of dense. So when they took shots of it, you could see so much of the theme park in one shot. Oh. And they were really accommodating the owners of the theme park. So they're like, we have to hop on this now and do it now, unfortunately. And like even the director was just like, it was, he thought he was in over his head at first because really? he's working with these big stars. It's 20 degree weather. He's got zombies running around like crazy. And so the, at that point, I read there was over 160 extra zombies, right? Yeah, it's that's just kinda, that's got to be overwhelming, right? Yeah, there, you know? it's just weird too because Georgia—that's where they film all the Walking Dead stuff too. Is in why, Georgia, like, why would they pick Georgia? I always hear them going to like Canada for things. Like, why Georgia? It's got to be a cost. It's yeah, be a cost or a tax. Like thing. a ton of studios like filmed in Georgia, and I think it's like you said, Jason. It's the cost and then the tax credit. So like a lot of people will go to Georgia. Will go to are more movies or filmed Canada. in Georgia? Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, a ton of movies. Really? Yeah, like all like ninety percent of Marvel's movies is in Georgia. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. I, I learned something new even, even that scene that you were talking about earlier with the freeway being shut down like that exact part of the freeway is in season two of The Walking Dead it looks really yeah, like yeah. identical and it's like they didn't steal this from The Walking Dead Walking Dead actually kind of took this from Zombieland right. yeah um, you can't talk about a zombie movie without talking about costumes and makeup, right? So I just want to start off with Woody Harrelson's character, Tallahassee. Um, he said, quote, he had never worked so hard on an outfit in his entire career. Yeah, he said there's so much thought. That I, I didn't, I, I'm trying to think of other costumes that he was in. I mean, he was also in um, 
the Hunger Games, right? But again, this is after the movie, so I'm wondering if that's where that came in. But I don't know. He said, like, this character's outfit has to be on point. Um, he says what he wears is what defines him and who he is. He's wearing a V-neck and a jacket. And a well, little skin, 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 skin jacket. Yeah. So the hat is environmentally friendly. I found this out. Um because he says he had to have the hat on, but it's environmentally friendly, and Harrelson wanted this hat to be that way. It comes from a company called Real Deal Brazil, which makes their, all their products out of recycled truck tarp. Yep. So I don't understand what that means. I don't get that. Like what? <laughs> well, he's vegan. He's environmentally friendly. He yeah. made that as one of his stipulations yeah. going to the movie. But yeah, I read that too. And I was like, it looks pretty good for being made yeah. out of recycled truck yeah. tarp, whatever the hell that is. Yeah. I don't know what that is. And it may, I mean, it makes sense for his like demands or whatever, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Getting to the zombies makeup. This was done by a guy named Tony Gardner. I thought he did a great job. What did you guys think of the way the zombies Oh, he did look? great. They yeah. look great. I think what they said was the actors they looked at how much these guys had to go through and makeup and all that and they did not admire them at all like I, I feel bad for you of what you guys had to go through the one that they had to do to prep to be a zombie well I think there was like different stages there was different like categories of zombies yeah so I don't know if oh, you read there? this no yeah. I did not so there was the zombies that like Amber Heard that was her name right she had like hours worth of makeup done and then there were zombies that only required an hour. So they would do some prosthetic, blood, black out the teeth. Then there was 30-minute zombies that would just get blood kind of spray paint on them. They would do the teeth, and that's it. And then there was 15-minute zombies, kind of like what we see at the theme park, where all they do is just kind of spray them with some blood, and they let them go. Oh, okay. So it's there was all yeah, acting. Huh? Yeah, so there was a handful that we see up close that took a lot of prosthetic and okay. were hours, but a lot of the ones we see in the background took between 30 and 15 minutes. Interesting. I want to go back to that guy, Tony Gardner. Um, it's a big deal because he was also responsible for Michael Jackson's Thriller video. So I thought that was kind of a cool little fun fact. Um, ironically, that song was going to make it into the movie. It was up for other songs as the opening scene. I think there was like five, this being one of them. However, at the end of the day, they went with Metallica's For Whom the Bells Toll, right? Yeah. And I, I, thought, I thought that was kind of cool, I, I, which I'm glad they did that. I, I don't know if I would have liked Thriller to be the opening scene. Yeah, it would have been like two on the nose. It, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, so, um, but some of the work that this guy's done, he did 127 hours, uh, Hairspray, and Something About Mary. So he's done some, some well-known movies. Getting into the uh, cinematography, um, this guy was Michael Bolivian, I think that's how you say his name. Um, he also did Cloverfield, um, but he was also in charge of like the zombies and prosthetics and all that stuff. He enjoyed working with the director because um, it was his first time, and he said that the director gave him just free reign to kind of do what he wanted to do, didn't like handcuff him and do all that, and they worked really well together. He thought that they were able to balance out the zombies and the scary parts along with the comedy very, very well together, so... Getting into the other parts of the movie is the effects. This is basically where you see all of the uh, the rules coming in. Mm -hmm. I'll get into my trash and treasure of what it is about that. But what do you guys? How do you guys feel about the effects of this movie? Do you like that they insert those things? I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can kind of tell when a effect is put in. I think for a zombie, like the one falling off the roller coaster and all that stuff. At times, I'm kind of like, it's a little cheesy, kind of noticeable, but at times I think they did very, very well. The texts are rendered in three dimensions. I think you can kind of see that. I think it's relevant because they put them in at the exact time, like the actual thing has taken place, which I thought was really cool. And they make them like physical too. Like yeah. Jesse runs into one and like kind of breaks off or yeah. they kind of slough off. It's pretty cool. Um, the, the slow motion part at the very beginning of the movie, that was a big deal. I think they had cameras that did what they were doing at a thousand frames per second. And that's why it's very, very clear. Um, it's one of my treasures. What did you guys think about the opening part? Oh, I, I fucking love this one. With Loved the song yeah. and the slow motion. It's yeah. just chaos going on, but slow motion. But yeah, a thousand frames per second. As I thought so, that was amazing. As soon as the song starts playing, 
it cuts to like the prison guard getting thrown off. You're like, yeah, oh shit, yeah. yeah. Um, the the blood part, everything that you see obviously is fake. Um, they did have the corn syrup and all that stuff. Was it corn syrup or cornstarch? What is it? Corn syrup. It's corn syrup. Um, but they also added a lot of blood in there. This is kind of a controversy that I was reading on some reviews because I guess more movies or shows were doing what they were doing, just CGIing a bunch of blood. And just, I guess people are taking it to the extreme now. It's just so over the top. And I think this kind of started the trend from what I saw, but I don't, I don't know. After watching it again the other day, I feel like they did a good job. I, I thought they did. Yeah. yeah. It's not over the top to me. I mean, it does spray onto the, ca- onto the camera lens, which I know mugs, you don't like when it it's does one that. Of my trash. Yeah, okay. yeah. We'll get into but, all that. But the last thing I want to add, just a little fun fact. Um, the number three. Obviously, you saw the number three, right? Did you guys know why that was put in the movie? Dale Earnhardt, right? It is Dale Earnhardt, but do you know why he put that in as Dale Earnhardt? Because, yeah, I mean, I got the Dale Earnhardt reference right away when it's on the black one. Then when they take his vehicle, the Cadillac, they have, is it, it's a Hummer, right? A yellow Hummer. He still puts the three on there. Um, so obviously, it's Tallahassee. It's the one that's doing it. Um, the director loved Dale Earnhardt Sr., and so he thought that also Tallahassee's character would also like it. So that's why it's related to the three. Tallahassee's thing just has it. And I, I like it. I think it's yeah. kind of cool, you know, but but that's why that was on it. It's a little fun fact. There was a weird thing I read, too, that the movie was supposed to be based on the video game Left 4 Dead 2. Oh, yeah. It came in 2009. For Xbox. Yeah, yeah, but I guess I don't know who went to Valve, the creators and developers of the video game, but I guess they denied the studio permission to mention the game or any company affiliated with the game in the opening or end credits. But I don't know how true that is. It could, I've never played the game myself. I can imagine from the title and what I've seen of advertising that it relates to zombies and you know killing and stuff like that. But it seems like it's an original script to me because it was written before this video game came out. So. All right, so uh, let's get into our experience with this movie. Mugga, tell us about your experience. So I judged a book by its cover. I'm not a zombie fan, vampire. I don't like any of that. Um, I saw the trailer for this, and I immediately said, I'm not watching this. I had friends that, for the longest time, loved the movie, you know, were all about it. Um, and I never did until I met her, Lindy, um, and we actually watched it <laughs> together. And she made, because she you loves know. this movie. And I fell in love with it right away. Um, but I recently watched it over this last summer for the first time in its full length, gave it a shot, and just glued to the TV laughing hysterically. We haven't watched it since then, right? Except for yesterday. I did watch it again yesterday after doing all my research. And I feel like doing the research that I did and looking at it now, I even like it more. But yeah, my experience um, is within the last six months of me watching this film. I, I did not see it in theaters when it came out, and I kind of refused to watch it. But this is back in my phase where I hated all CGI stuff, I think, you know? And so I thought there's no way this is going to be good. So I've since then kind of changed my mind on that. But yeah, that was my experience. All right, Ricky, what's your experience with this movie? I never saw a trailer for this movie, never saw a poster for it. I, I graduated 2009, so I was doing other things in my yeah. life at the time mostly chasing the opposite sex. Um, <laughs> so I remember I signed up for Netflix, the OG Netflix with the DVDs. Right. And they sent it to me, and I remember watching I'm like, okay, so I put it on, and it was before Netflix and chill. So you put it on as more like background music than anything. Right. And so I never really gave it a chance. I tried watching it like three or four times. I would probably get to the point where they meet Wichita and Little Rock. Right. And I'd always turn it off or fall asleep or do other things. And so I finally gave it another chance last week when I heard we were recording for it, and 
I actually semi enjoyed it. I was surprised. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, when you actually give it a chance, you sit down, you give it your full undivided attention. I was quite surprised. I, I mean, actually really was. So you're not seeing a trailer, but even the name, like Zombieland, I'm just kind of like, this has got to be the cheesiest movie yeah, of all well, time, right? That's yeah, what I, I mean, got. This is pre zombie fatigue, in my yeah. opinion, because zombies are fucking everywhere now. Yeah. Like you go to, you can go to like a goddamn, like, rest in peace, Scandia. You can go there and there's fucking zombies everywhere. Yeah, yeah. That seems like the go to now is zombies. So I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if it was horror movies, uh, funny movie, and like I love horror movies. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a big fan of George A. Romero's like classic movies. So I didn't know what to expect, and it really was neither. And it was it was its own genre. I mean, up at the time, I don't know if this came before Shaun before De- uh, Shaun of Dead, but you know, I think it it held its own. You know, right. it's its own little category. Is this movie before uh, Will Smith's I Am Legend, or is it after? After. It is after. Huh? Yeah. 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 Oh wait, no, no, I thought. No. No, yeah, because no, because for I Dark I Am Legend came in Yeah, because Dark Knight, the opening six minutes of Dark Knight was attached to I Am Legend. I think this is after her. Okay. Yeah. So I say I thought you saw I Am Legend in the movie theaters. I did see that one in the movie yeah. theaters. Yeah. Like I said, it's you know I didn't know what to expect, and sometimes the best movies are when you don't have an expectation. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So it, you know it, it, it held its own. You know it had the humor, had the horror, and it, it wasn't like you watch some movies where like I mean Shaun of the Dead for example, like it's a good movie. But the zombie makeup really isn't on par as with Zombieland. Like right. they, they they went the extra yard with the makeup on the zombies, yeah. and that's something I can appreciate. That's my experience. All right, uh, Lindy, why don't you tell us about your experience? I enjoyed it. I'm not into horror movies, so I felt like it was a great combination of kind of a horror scary film combined with comedy. So I really enjoy comedy films. I think what drew me to the film itself was the cast. Watching the movie overall, I laughed. I was scared at times. Yeah. When, when's the first time you watched it? I honestly can't remember. It's 2009, <laughs> so I'm obviously older than most of you. I'm aging myself. <laughs> um, so I must have watched it at home. I know I didn't watch it in the movie theater, so it must have come on or I rented it. So, yeah. Quick sidebar. I mean, like I mean, like I said, I watch a lot of scary movies, and so I watched it the other night. And, um, I, you know, I was kind of half paying attention to feeding my baby. And the fucking scene where that goddamn clown pops up in the toilet, I was not expecting that. I goddamn near chucked my baby across the room. I was like, I didn't know what the fuck. I wasn't like, I was half paying attention. I saw a clown. just, oh, about to be the first casualty. There were like, certain parts I agree where um, I jumped. I know yesterday we were sitting on the couch and there was one scene where I wasn't really fully engaged. And then it came up and it was like, <gasps> yeah, that was the same thing. Like, you kind of like half paying attention and these. You know, in the bathroom, and he looks at the clown. And it's like, oh, dude, that guy. But it does do a lot of comedy where it draws you in, where you're in a comfortable environment, and then they'll show something like that. And yeah, like, it's like it totally yeah. catches you off guard. Yeah. All right, uh, my experience with the movie uh, back in the day when I used to work at the grocery store, I used to get like movies from Redbox like every night. So you get that 24-hour rental period. So when I used to close the store, I used to grab one. Um, Zombieland was one of those movies. I would think I think it was like 2010 is when I rented it. So uh, I took it home, watched it. I thought it was a cool movie. You know, and then I just kind of forgot about it. And then, uh, you know, Lindy, you're the one that suggested we do this movie because Zombieland 2 comes out uh, this month. I rented Zombieland, and for whatever reason, I was like, oh, God, we got to watch this movie. I don't remember if I liked it or not. And I kind of had negative feelings about it because I don't remember how I felt about the first one the first time I watched it. But, um, you know, I watched it last night, rented it on uh, Amazon. And uh, surprisingly, uh, it was a lot better than I remembered. I think I like it more the second time. But um, yeah, that was uh, that was my experience with this movie. Uh, Jason, what's your experience with Zombieland? So I didn't see this in theaters. For whatever reason, I wasn't attracted to this movie. Like, I don't know why, yeah. but when I saw the, the trailers, I was like, eh, I don't know. I didn't really know Jesse Eisenberg that well at this point. Emma Stone, I think I, I recognized her from Superbad. Woody Harrelson I was familiar with. 
I didn't even really know this was, what's her name, Abigail? Breslin. Breslin, because uh, I had seen Little Miss Sunshine, but I didn't really put that together at this point. So I wasn't like really like wanting to see this movie. But of all things, my sister texted me about this movie. And if anyone knows my sister, like, I, I don't see her liking this. Uh, she's dragged to the Marvel movies by her husband. Um, she likes, you know, some of the romantic comedies and stuff like that. But I don't see her really enjoying this. But she texts me. She's like, hey, have you ever seen this movie Zombieland? And I was like, no, I've never seen it. I was like, I'm pretty sure you haven't either. She's like, oh, no, no, I like this a lot. And I was like, but that's rated R, Christina. Like, are you sure you really watch this? She's like, oh, yeah, I like it a lot. You should check it out. So she uh, let me borrow the DVD. And this is probably like 2012. I think it was probably the first time I watched it. And so I watched it and I enjoyed it. Like I wasn't, I was still at that point, like nervous. I was not going to like it. I was like, this looks kind of cheesy. Like, I think this is like in the middle of like the walking dead craze is coming about. And I'm just like, hey, I don't need to see this shit. Like I didn't even watch the walking dead when it first came out. It took me three months, I think, to get to the first episode of the walking dead. So I wasn't like really looking forward to watching this, but I have to admit, like I laughed a lot. I thought the gore was interesting, but I think what really made me enjoy the movie the most is that my sister of all people recommended this. So I must've just watched it like on a random night, watched it on DVD. I think I watched it by myself and I enjoyed it. Every time it comes on Netflix or Amazon, I do, I probably watch it once. Uh, But yeah, I I liked the movie and that was my experience. All right, so let's get into Trash and Treasure. Uh, Mugga, why don't you tell us what your Trash and Treasure is with this movie? I. I really enjoyed it. Um, like you guys are saying, my second time around and all that stuff. And I was having a hard time finding my trashes of this. I don't I don't know why. I, if I had to pick, and I'm not really like upset with this. I just think like if there's things that I had to point out, I really, the Twinkie thing, I get it. But like, I feel like, is it product placement or is it really part of the movie? Like his hostess got a stake in this or what? I mean, I, the product placement with that and also the, the Code Red Mountain Dew, like they really make that a big part of it. I, if I had to pick, that's one of the trashes I had. Um, when they go to the amusement park, though, I do have a whole problem with this. Um, you're being hunted by zombies continuously, like 24-7, and you just turn on all the lights. And I mean, I, I, don't, I didn't realize, I was like, really? Like, come on, man. That was I the mean, dumbest thing ever. Because right? okay. you're in, like, one of the most populated cities right. in the United yeah. States, and you turn on this loud-ass amusement yeah. park ride. So I didn't like that. And then while they're at the place, they're able to go on rides with no operators. Like, you can't do that. You yeah. know, like, one could be on while one's operating it, but they're both on that ride. It's like the pharaoh thing that goes up and down. It doesn't show them how they got off. They see the zombies are coming, but... I, I didn't like that. And then obviously you're being chased. I think the last thing you want to do is confine yourself to one ride, especially the ride that they're on where they can't get out. They're up top. I did not like that at all. So that's a trash of mine. I love Bill Murray's character. I just hate how he dies. Faking it, bam, shotgun, done. and just, He should have been in longer, man. Yeah, you know, I so I, I didn't like that. And then Jason, you already know that, that breaking that, that wall where the blood goes on the screen. I hate it. I'll never get over it. I, I don't. Even in this one, like I, you can't enjoy it. No, I can't. Really? Because every time I see it, I just am reminded, oh, it's a movie. Like, at one point, they hook you in, and you're like, you're engaged, and then you see that, you're like, oh, that's right, they're filming it. Yeah, they I don't know. I just Takes I you out of it. Every yeah. time, I don't care what movie it is, it, it, it does it every single time. And I know it, this one, it fits because the blood goes on it, but I, I don't know, you know. But other than that, that's all the trashes that I have. Getting into my treasure, um, I love the opening scene. The music they chose, the Metallica song, I think that was great. The effects of the rules throughout the movie, for some reason, I didn't think I would, but I like how they incorporate it and it literally attaches to like what they're doing, how they're putting it in. I mean, it's comical. Um, I really enjoyed the sets that they had, especially the freeways and the abandoned town, putting the cars and all that stuff, having the tank there, but just making it look like that post-apocalyptic world. 
Um, I thought they did a great job of this. Some editing parts. I love how they did the car part where they, you know, just let him do it. He cut that into where it just flow really good. They're changing seats, but like different discussions. Um, I did watch the making of this movie on some things on YouTube. The 406 scene girl, you know, where that, I thought they edited that really good where it's the outer shots and him chasing and all that stuff with the music. So I do love the editing. Um, but one of my biggest treasures is incorporating just the cameo of a A-list actor playing himself, Bill Murray. I, I thought that was amazing. I think you're right, Jason. I would have loved to see more of him in this um, and not die the way he did. And then the number three on the side of the car, which then goes right into, I think the main part of the movie is Woody Harrelson and his acting with Tallahassee and his character. I, he, the guy's just funny, man. Like I could watch like a whole movie on Tallahassee, I think, you know, but, uh, but yeah, those are all my treasures. All right, Ricky, what's your trash and treasure with this movie? So I'm kind of with mugs. Like when I watch the movie, it's really hard to find trash. Like I feel like if, yeah. you, if you find trash, you're really kind of just nitpicking. It's not a long movie. There's not a lot of like real character development. So you're really kind of just nitpicking at small things. Um, one of my biggest treasures is, you know, the opening scene, like Mug said, the Metallica song, yeah. the brutality behind it, just everything about it is just fucking great. It kind of lets you know from the get-go kind of what you're in for. Another one is the makeup on the zombies. Typically, with a lot of zombie movies, you watch it, and it's like it's way either way the fuck over the top or it's just like, oh, dude, come on. It's like lipstick on somebody. It's just, it's, it's way, so there's really no happy medium. I feel like this one kind of found it. Um, I like the rules on it just because the, the rules in the movie it really points out a lot of the horror cliches in movies yeah. just because there's so many like if you leave your brain at home and watch a horror movie it's a very enjoyable movie but <laughs> if, if, if when you realize that just like the stupidity that goes behind it you're like what the fuck's wrong with you like you just you, just, you spend most of the time watching the movie especially as an adult you watch it like, dude come on so I, I felt like that was a huge huge treasure um, another fucking treasure is Tallahassee I think it's a yeah. perfect fucking cast like I just Woody Harrelson was a perfect fucking character for that movie the actor everything about it was great 406's death, I love that, just yeah. because it showed, you know, Columbus's character is way over his head. He has no idea. He's in a world where yeah. he's just way, way over his head. So I feel like it kind of set the tone for that aspect. One of the other treasures is Bill fucking Murray. I yeah. wrote it down with the capital letters, Bill fucking Murray. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. I mean, even when I first saw it, I just was not expecting that. Of all the cameos, I mean, you think of Hollywood, Bill Murray. Like, it's just, they, that is so out of the blue. It just, you know, it was funny. Um, post-apocalyptic imagery like mugs hit on i thought that was great i thought yeah. you know it, it really got a lot a lot for a little so to speak you know there wasn't you know blood everywhere it was just you know just the imagery behind it really gave you that tone of like the dreadfulness i guess you would say yeah. this is another one is it's fucking stupid uh, two things i laughed the hardest on these two scenes so i put it on my treasure when they're watching ghostbusters in bill Murray's house <laughs> and, and wichita says oh he likes bad boys and she pushes the fucking popcorn off i die laughing that's something <laughs> so fucking stupid but it's just i cannot stop laughing that and then when tallahassee first picks up columbus and he kicks over the bike just so unnecessary like those are probably the two hardest times left that movie just the stupidity behind it now my trash is the first one is a small one, and then we'll get to the bigger one. The first one, snowballs are fucking gross. So I, I'm, I'm yeah. totally on Tallahassee's side. Snowballs in a nutshell are like the grandma that buys snacks for you. And you're like, oh, sweet grandma, and you open it up, you're like, oh, it's fucking snowballs, thanks. Like, it just, I can't remember the last time I had a snowball. Yeah, I, I can't believe they still make them. It's, it's fucking awful. Like, it's just, the, uh, you know, that, that's just the argument for another day. Now my biggest trash, and I'm gonna probably catch a lot of flag for it, I don't fucking like Jesse Eisenberg. What? <gasps> okay. Oh, okay. No. So I, I'm, in, I'm indifferent towards him, but here's one thing I noticed right away. Didn't you feel like he was doing his best Michael Sarah impersonation? Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I felt like it was just a dorkier Michael Sarah. I don't know if that was possible. 
you know, for me, I watched the movie, and I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't like it. I watched it two times this week, and I was asking my girlfriend, like, why don't I fucking like this movie? And she's like, because you roll your eyes every time uh, Jesse Eisenberg talks. I'm like, oh, that, that's pretty good fucking reason. Wow. Like, okay. for me, yeah. Jesse Eisenberg plays the same character in every fucking movie. movie. Yeah. You know, he somehow became a twitchy ADD Lex Luthor. Yeah. You know, it's it just, he's the same character in every movie and it fit in this movie. But I think just as on the whole, just his character, like I wrote right here, Jesse Eisenberg, same character, every movie, one note actor, same mannerisms of ticks. He is the same way yeah. in the, yeah. in you the, know, the, it's, the it's, what's the Facebook movie? Uh, Social Network. Yeah, he's but the same I, in that I, one I feel too, like yeah. he kind of fits that role there yeah. a little bit, but if you shut your eyes and put on Adventureland on this, you, you couldn't tell the difference between two. Mm-hmm. He's the same fucking character, the same mopey Picky, I never ADD. saw Adventureland. Is that movie? Oh, it's good? fucking awful. Okay. Um, <laughs> I liked him. Yeah, I like Jesse Eisenberg in it too. So yeah, yeah. I feel like he—he's just the same character. Like he's just like you know, gonna backtrack a little bit. Like I know, like Chris Farley, for example. His biggest thing was he thought his comedy was Fat Boy Falls Down. And, you know, he thought that was his, his only, you know, gimmick. And I feel like that's kind of the same thing with Jesse Eisenberg. Because he, he plays the same character in every goddamn movie. Yeah. But and, do you think they chose him based off of that? Because he plays, like, the character of just very immature, doesn't really know what's going on around him. Uh, Maybe. May and like doesn't the, have the, a lot of experience. The thing is, if, you take, if I take a step back on the whole, I appreciate the movie. But just, I'm just, you know, just throwing this out there. I just, every time he's in a movie, I just, I'm like, God, come on, man. <laughs> and, like, because I'm not his biggest fans, and the fact that he narrates the movie, yeah, there's a lot of eye rolling going on. <laughs> I mean, he's not in every movie. He's, like, in select movies, and I think his character, that's why they pick him for those roles. Yeah. I think I, I think he fits perfectly. So he's, like, kind of typecast a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You look yeah. at Michael Cera, too. Same kind of shit. He does the same, he's kind of like the same dude in every fucking movie. But, like, when we did, like, the, the Good Time podcast and we argued about the whole Edward, uh, what's his, what, what's the actor's name? I can't oh, remember uh, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, Robert Pattinson being typecast. We argued about that. I like how did Edward. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know who's going to Ed is Edward, you know. So. You know, team you're on. Team yeah, you're on. but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh. You know, he's worried about the typecast. I just feel like, you know, Jesse feeds into it. Because I, I can name, like, five movies on top of his head. He's the same character in every movie. Social Network, Adventureland, this movie, um, 30 Minutes or Less, uh, Dark Knight Rises, not Dark Rises, Batman vs. Superman. And that one really hits home because he found a way, they found a way to ruin that fucking movie. It's one of the greatest comic book movies, or greatest comic books ever. Really? Yeah. So it just, I like, you know, when, once he came on the screen, Luke Lex Luthor, I feel like I was just like, oh, man, he's, he's dead to me. So I feel like I may, maybe I'm just a scorned woman. I, I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, that, that's my trash. Uh, Lindy, what is your trash and treasure with this movie? I think overall, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I enjoyed his character. I can understand he's a little annoying at times in terms of just his character and how he responds to things. And he just seems kind of like... And it's a lot of him, too, because he's narrating and he's acting in it. So It is. Yeah. But I think when you um, put him next to Woody Harrelson, they played a great partnership because he needed like that stronger character to take care of him. To so, shut up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I think that they did well in in terms of that. Um, I loved the cast. I loved the whole Metallica opening scene. That's my era growing up of music. Can I just point out, when we watched this yesterday and that part came on, she like ran to the room and like smiled and just like started kind of rocking Metallica. out with it. And I'm just like, really? <laughs> you could really tell that she loved that part. Um, I loved the horror scenes. Again, I'm not a big horror movie critic. So um, I think it was, 
um, well played and enough for me in terms of scariness. But I also enjoyed uh, the comedy aspects of it. I would say some of the trashes that I didn't really care for, which I was discussing with Muggs, um, was the grocery scene. Um, the lights were on. Everything was operating. <laughs> so in terms of, you know, like zombie land and it doesn't make, sense. It doesn't make <laughs> sense because if the whole world has just been kind of like done, done right? I mean, who's operating these things? I mean, granted, they say in the beginning it's only been like a couple months, right? It's been like two okay. months. Okay, and that months. was another thing I was going to touch on because they kind of reflect. Do they do that? Because I don't. Do they? Remember. I don't remember seeing that. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if he's if it's like a joke the way he's saying it, but Jesse Eisenberg, when he, I think it's when he's walking on that freeway, he does reference like mad cow disease. Yeah. And, yeah. Something like that. And but it's been about two months since like the, the outbreak uh, had occurred. But it wasn't mad cow disease, but it was something similar to that that's of how they were infected. Yeah. But and and I think that. That was another thing for me. Maybe that's why I didn't catch it was like when they reflected back to, you know, like Woody Harrelson's character in terms of he lost his son. And the what was the girls. comment about when you lose your son, you have nothing to yeah, like fight nothing for. To like you have lose. nothing to lose at that point. Um, I didn't really quite understand, you know, and then they went into the two, girls, the yeah. two girls and what their characters were prior to this um, zombie kind of, stuff. Yeah. yeah. It didn't really set of a timeline of how long ago it had occurred. So mm-hmm. I guess I felt like maybe I missed that. As you said, it was recent. So that's what I remember hearing in the beginning yeah. of the movie. But the girl was 12 years old. So for me, I was looking at it from a different aspect. How long ago did this really occur? The other thing, I didn't like the whole Bill Murray. You didn't like him? No, I did. I loved him. I didn't like that they killed him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just how it went down. I also didn't like that this they were sh- funny one. <laughs> shooting guns, all the bullets. I don't know. If you're, if you're in, like, a state of panic, aren't you trying to reserve your ammo and... <laughs> But even from a noise aspect too, yes. it's like you're sh- you're just just spraying up in the air this machine gun, and it's like, okay, yeah, it's, it looks like a rural area. So there's not a lot of zombies, but it's like still, it's like you're giving off your location, like they can still hear things. I'm guessing, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Okay, and the last thing on the trash would be when they're destroying everything, like going into Bill Murray's home and and destroying the property and going into the Indian store. Kimosabi. Yeah, yeah <laughs> where they destroy everything. I just, I don't understand the reasoning behind it. I think it's just like like a stress relief type thing because um, there are places you can go to in LA where you can like just take sledgehammers and like break shit and it's like a form of stress relief for people. So you can actually like sign up for that, like buy tickets oh. to it and they hmm. just give you like a sledgehammer it's a real thing, it's a real thing. Oh, and you wow. just break things throw glass throw porcelain i understand that but in a state of like emergency and fear and you're trying to survive drawing attention to yourself it seemed like they drew a lot of attention to yeah, themselves yeah the van like when he goes and just busts up the van like on the street and it's like why are you being so loud like you're attracting zombies to your spot like i don't get it true Good thing they say in a quiet place because yeah. they'd all be dead. Is that a pun? But no, overall, it wasn't. <laughs> I think overall, I really, I really enjoyed the movie. Like what Mug said, I loved the um, the numbering of scenarios when he would go into certain situations, and he would reference that. I think it kind of took away from the seriousness of the movie, which made it fun. That's it. My trash and treasure. Uh, it's like Ricky said. It's like I'd be nitpicking at this point, so I'm gonna just nitpick because I didn't have a lot of trash either. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg wasting whiskey when he meets Woody Harrelson. Don't do that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, drinking Mountain Dew out of a mug. 
why <laughs> um, i had that too yeah, yeah i don't get it um what would have what would these two girls have done or what would emma stone have done if woody harrelson was just like oh you want me to shoot your sister okay pop pop <laughs> like he he had that shotgun for a long time he could have killed her within those like two minutes or whatever like don't leave that up to chance like you said lindy like don't waste ammo like when they find the hummer and they're just shooting up into the sky it's just like don't you want to conserve that and these are all like automatic semi-automatic weapons so you're wasting a ton of ammo when you shoot those into the air um when little rock says 12 is the new 20 the first thing i thought was like oh did r kelly say that i, I don't know <laughs> You know, we talk about them going to L.A. That is like the emptiest I've ever seen L.A. So yeah. I got to wonder, like, when did this zombie outbreak reach L.A.? Because it had to have reached L.A. when there was zero traffic. Because, yeah. like, that freeway would have been, like, back the hell up. Kind of what uh, you guys touched on. Like, why would you turn on these amusement park rides at the at the place? Also, when you're in the Hummer, you escape the first ride, like the little swinging boat ride, and you get in the Hummer. Why would you drive the Hummer into the water? That thing is literally a tank. Right. Like you could have literally kept driving and the zombies are on the outside. There's no reason to crash it into the water. I don't get why they decided to do that. If that lady at the very beginning of the film can dodge the little girl zombies in a minivan, I feel like a Hummer could have done the exact same thing, right? You know, like they can't go through the windows, but. Yeah. There's one slow-mo shot that I didn't appreciate. There's a single low frame rate shot of Emma Stone and her sister like kicking from the top of the Supreme Scream ride. And like the frame rate is so like low that you have like the blur on them. But like that whole sequence is in slow motion when they're at the amusement park and like Woody Harrelson like locks himself in the cage. Mm. Eisenberg is like running through with his shoddy trying to reach them. That's like the only bad shot in that entire slow-mo sequence. And it kind of takes me out of it a little bit. I mean, that's just kind of another nitpick. Don't like the stuff in the camera. That's just me. Don't Thank like, you. don't Thank like you. it. Jason's shaking his head right now. Um, and like my last thing is just like, have you ever sniffed a Twinkie before you ate ate it? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't ever. Yeah, somebody please tell me what a Twinkie smells like because I'm not gonna do that. that but that's Twinkies yeah. are gross. I don't mind a Twinkie. I can't remember the last time I had one. No. I'd rather have a Twinkie than a snowball. Oh, yeah. that's, that's true. true. Yeah, I agree that with that one. Oh, but that's a zombie apocalypse and a goddamn snowball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like a Twinkie's the last thing in my mind. If I'm in a post apocalyptic world, I'm like, oh man, this is rough, but I really need that Twinkie right now. Didn't well, that happen? And if, in you, if you notice in the grocery store, they had hostess everywhere. So I, I just, I didn't quite understand why they were making it so challenging for him to find like that Twinkie and it had to be at the amusement park. There, there's like okay. a running cliche like in like apocalyptic movies that everything expires except for Twinkies. Yeah. So like in Family Guy. Yeah, yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. That's where I was going with that. I didn't want to sound like I watched Family Guy. Well, I don't know if you guys remember, and this is like off the subject, but just in elementary school when you had to pack your earthquake survival yeah. kick, oh, yeah. do you remember that? Yeah, it's always Twinkie. A Twinkie was always yeah. in the pack hmm. because they never expired. Really? But now they have an expiration dates so oh. i don't know if they changed the formula as somebody who worked in a grocery store and occasionally stocked twinkies i can tell you that twinkies ran out a lot really yeah we would get like whole racks of twinkies and everything else like cupcakes snowballs ugh, would uh show up <laughs> twinkies would run out like by like six o'clock i think i've been given a twinkie but i've never bought a twinkie i can't remember the last time i had one no. yeah it's always at somebody's house or something. Yeah, I've never like when I was like, oh shit, I need to buy some fucking Twinkies right now. It's never that. I have ever. children, so Twinkies were like a thing. Okay. But if I had to choose, I like Ding Dongs, the chocolate. <laughs> those are the ones that are rolled up, right? Yeah, yeah right. they're yeah. You know, the foil, like a, right? Yeah, yeah, those were it. Real quick, I just just so I could show how bad I was nitpicking. 
I when I watched last night, I spent forty five minutes on the NRA website trying to figure out the ranges of like slugs and fucking bug <laughs> shots because the, the the rationale behind some of these shots, I'm like it doesn't add up. And I was I was just trying to nitpick for the podcast, but like for instance, it's which or Little Rock, right? Little Rock's the girl. Okay, when she's up on the Supreme Scream ride, and she's trying to shoot the, the lever to, shoot, to keep him stuck. She's shooting uh, buckshot. Like I don't know how the fuck you can miss that, you, you know. But and then same thing with Emma Stone. She looks like she's shooting slugs, but you know when she's running on the ride, the, the zombies are further than thirty yards. So the the range for a slug is seventy five yards, according to NRA. You know, she would have been a lot more accurate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I did, like I said, I was just trying to nitpick just because I like me. For instance, you look at my trash and treasure, and it's fucking treasure, and then trash is two lines. Yeah. So I was just trying to nitpick, but like the the rationale behind the shots of the shotguns didn't really add up. What about when Bill Murray passed away and they did the whole salute yeah well not only that but like for instance when they shot with fucking Bill Murray they shot him at point blank, blank range with buckshot he would have more than a he would have blown his chest wide open yeah yeah so it's kind of just like and I'm not a big gun person so it's just like uh, you know but I, like I said I was trying to nitpick yeah, you know you try to find flaws so I guess that's one of them well that's good research you did though like God damn. that comes in handy yeah of course all I need was a MAGA hat at this point I don't, I don't know if anybody noticed I'd pointed it out too um, when they were doing the whole burial for Bill Murray he was wearing golfing shoes which well I he thought. was supposed to play he just played Riviera oh he had just yeah. finished right, yeah. okay yeah. I thought that was hilarious yeah. real quick question for you guys too when he first meets Bill Murray he says you know there's six people alive in this world and Bill Murray's one of them there's only five of them. Where's the sixth? Are we talking about the sister? Oh, shit. Does anybody have an answer on that? Oh. Hmm. Yeah, who is the sixth person? I don't know. I'll find dun, out in Double Tap or dun, what? Dun, 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 Maybe. Uh, Do you know? know? No, I don't. Oh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I just assumed it was the nun. Yeah, because yeah, I noticed that too. I was like, yeah. there's only five I, of y'all? Yeah, like, I kept counting. I Googled it too. I was like, where's the sixth fucking person? Mm. So. But yeah, like uh, get into my treasure. I love the rules and I love how they're animated within uh, the movie. I love how they interact with the environment and the zombies and the characters. Um, I did laugh out loud when they talked about cardio. Um, I was like, logical. Like there's some logic inserted into this and then movie. They reference it right away when he runs his car and he's just running in circles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's cardio. Yeah, yeah they're running in circles. Underneath the yeah. lights. I thought it was great. Yeah, and I love that like the rules keep popping up when necessary. Like they don't just show up once and that's it. It's just like every time they're relevant, they popped up, and I appreciated that. Um, and I also love the zombie kill of the week thing. So uh, it's like you said, Jason, that came from a TV show pilot, or yeah. Uh, so they were slated to do like 24 episodes, and every episode was going to have like a zombie kill of the week. So they kind of included that in there to pay tribute to it, I guess. Yeah, I thought that was a cool idea. Uh, I love the opening credits, like we all talked about, Ricky. Like you said, like I like Jesse Eisenberg. But I feel like Michael Sarah would have been great for this role. But after like kind of hearing everybody talk, like I don't necessarily have a problem with it. It's just like immediately watching it, I was just like, seems like he's doing a Michael Sarah impersonation. But it's not a bad thing. I'm just kind of like neutral on it. But I, I did kind of like him in the role. Um, the gore in this movie, I don't really like to watch a lot of like gory or scary movies. But I feel like the gore is pretty well done in this movie. It never feels gratuitous. I feel like the effects are well done. Yeah, like some effects haven't aged well, like the blood or whatever, but I feel like overall the movie's really good. Um, new euphemisms of sex that I've never heard of. Uh, going 20 toes, never heard that before. Uh, putting Percy in the playpen, never heard that before. Wallpaper in the closet, this is my first time hearing that. Uh, passing the gravy, never heard that before. But, you know, speaking about that scene, this is like a trash I have, a minor trash, but that's a weird cut into that conversation because right before they start talking about these sex euphemisms, Woody says, want to see how hard I can punch when they're outside of the car. And then it cuts to them in the SUV and Woody just says, so what do you think? 
with no mention of sex at all and then they just start talking about euphemisms. I thought that was like a really bad cut. I feel like something's missing out of there. Shout out to Woody adding the baseball bat weight, the practice weight. I thought that was cool. I did laugh out loud when Woody says to uh, Little Rock, like, I'm not gonna play with you at Pacific Playland, and he makes that like dumb face at her. Like that was one of the moments I really did laugh out loud. Shout out to uh, Tom Cruise getting mentioned in this movie. Right. It's a shame he's not in it, but we gonna talk about that in yeah. a little bit. Wiping your tears with $100 bills, that's the most baller shit ever. Um, <laughs> and then I gotta I gotta praise this movie on the cinematography like this yeah. movie is like really really well shot yeah. and you said it was the dude that did uh, Cloverfield yes, right? Yes. Yeah like this movie like looks great I forgot how good this movie looks when they get to Pacific Playland like I was half expecting them to run into Connie and Ray from Good Time <laughs> I thought those guys were gonna show up but um and the other thing too um, going back to the rules I do like that that's a constant form of narration that goes throughout the film i feel like if it was just jesse eisenberg narrating the movie i would have gotten over that real quick but i love that they incorporate the rules and that remains kind of like a way to kind of like bind the narrative throughout right. the entire film so i did appreciate that you know overall i mean that's my trash and treasure i don't have a lot of so, stuff now can i ask you a question about i'm trying to figure out why i like this because in suicide squad they do something like that and i hated it i don't why why is this like tasteful and like other movies that when they try to do that I'm like this don't do that I don't understand why they nailed it and I, I can't tell you why I like it I just I, I like it I don't know I don't know why because I think this movie has a style to it and yeah, I think yeah. it's it's consistency and style like, like they, when they do the limber up and he starts doing the squat yeah, jumping it like the rule bends out and I, I don't know why I don't know why like I really enjoyed it that they incorporated all the effects of the rules and the way it fit but like I've seen it in other movies, and I'm like, why are you doing this? I, I don't know. It's Do you weird think it's the innocence of his character and not being familiar with his environment, so he has to create these rules to survive? So I think it, uh, I don't know, I, I think, think it plays well it. No, with his character. Yeah. I think you're 100% right. So if you notice at the end, doesn't he break one of the rules when he saves her? And he, and he kind of, uh, don't be don't a hero, be a hero. Don't be a hero yeah. and then he becomes the hero. And that's part so, of like his arc too. Th- yeah. Yeah. Like you're saying, Lindsay, I think that is a part of his character arc. It's a binding thread throughout the whole narrative. It looks cool, but it's, it's never overdone. It's done like spread out enough throughout the movie. But also, like, it fits in with the overall tone of the movie. Like, yeah, real shit is happening, but, like, we're comedic enough to kind of throw this stuff in there, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think Suicide Squad, like you're saying, Muggs, like, yeah, it was a pile of crap. It's awful. Yeah, God but, awful yeah, I think it's just, like, they abandon that so quick, and it never comes up again. At least with this movie, there's some sort of stylistic continuity, I yeah. guess. Uh, Jason, what's your trash and treasure? It's gonna be good. You know, you guys stole a lot of mine, so I'm kind of <laughs> bummed. <laughs> One thing I'll start out with my trash. Uh, so at the beginning of the movie, we see Jesse Eisenberg, and like one of the rules we find out is always check the back seat, right. which at one point he doesn't do in the very right. beginning of the movie. Like, how do the zombies know to be quiet in the back seat? That's true. Like, he starts <laughs> driving, and it's like 30 seconds point. into it, and then it's like, oh, okay, now's the perfect time. Like, the zombie's not thinking that. Like, I, I don't like how they did that. When when Columbus, Jesse Eisenberg's running around, and he has IBS. I don't know why he has IBS. <laughs> It doesn't make sense for the movie. He doesn't have to have IBS. Why doesn't he just take a shit outside? Like, why? There's no one around except for these times. Just, just, just shit outside. Like, why does he have to find I, a Because God is watching. I do love the reference, though, where he has to take the Browns to the Super Bowl. I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was funny, too. But it's good. just like, I mean, I mean, he's like, the beginning part is like, oh, I have IBS and I, I, I need my privacy. And it's like, you're pretty private. Like, there's no one. There's literally no one left. Well, just shit. 
If you remember, <laughs> he probably has IBS because he was eating pizza <laughs> and Mountain, the Code Red, playing video games gallon? in yeah. his house. Yeah, but I'm just like, hang your ass outside the car and shit. I don't understand why he doesn't do that. It's just me. Why does Tallahassee get rid of his weapons at the grocery store? I agree with you on that. Yeah, you use the bat, but then you toss it. You have the banjo, it's funny, but then you toss it. You have the garden shears and you use them, you toss them. Why? Like, you're going to need these. Might as well just keep them. You had them for a reason. We talked about making noise, shooting up in the air. Like, why are you going to do this? You're going to give away um, your location. Zombies are going to come. Like, why, why do this? Like, beating up the minivan. They, they destroy the Kimosabi store. And to touch on that even more, like, so they're making all this noise. So they, they ruin the store. Uh, Tallahassee beats up the minivan. But then when they get to Bill Murray's house, Jesse Eisenberg, Columbus, tells Emma Stone to lower her voice because they were unsure if there were zombies in the house. It just does not fit at all with what they've been doing. Like, he's like literally like, they're talking loud and they're looking through cabinets or in the kitchen. And then like she sits down and she's like talking loudly. He's like, well, lower your voice. We don't know if we're alone. Do you not, do you not remember 20 minutes ago when you just destroyed the <laughs> store or when you're shooting up into the air like aimlessly? So like, there's no consistency. I, I didn't like that. Running electricity. I don't understand that either. The zombie kill of the week, although the idea is cool, like how in the fuck did this old lady rig the piano like fucking Acme cartoon style to fall on the fucking zombie? Like how? How? Like there's no way. There's no fucking way she did that. Sorry. Can't, can't argue with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, we talked about Bill Murray. Uh, I don't like the way he died. He should have a bigger, longer role, I think, personally. Um, I think they already confirmed he's not in the second one, which is a bummer. The choice of transportation. An Escalade. An H2 Hummer. A GMC Denali. Like go find a Prius. Go find an electric car or something that you can go for a long time. Like you're using transportation that you'd have to stop frequently to fill up with gas if you could even find gas. Uh, and then again, the the theme park. So like again, how are all these rides working without an operator at each one? Like it just does yeah. not make sense. I, I didn't like that. I know you guys already touched on that. That's my trash. And that, again, even for those, I had a really nitpick because um, I do enjoy the movie. My treasure. Um, I like the rules like you guys talked about. I do like that the second rule is called Double Tap. Yeah. I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, the Metallica song in the opening credits, I was sold from the beginning. I like, and I wrote this too, Jesse Eisenberg's performance. The narration, his awkwardness, the humor. Yes, he acts like this in Adventureland, which comes out the same exact year, but I think they cast him for a reason because they knew he would do such a great job. It, like, he's really dry with it, kind of almost like Office, like the Office kind of style humor. I, I do enjoy it. I think he did a great job. But the narration, I, I, sometimes it's too much because, again, like he's narrating. He's also acting in it. It is a lot of Jesse but, or, or Columbus, but I, I still enjoyed him. Uh, Woody Harrelson, phenomenal. I think he did a great job. Really got into the character. He's hilarious. Um, I think he, he really fit the role. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious when he pours the code red into a coffee cup. I don't know why. And then he has a Ziploc bag of Golden Grahams. Like, I just like, what the f he's just like a child. Yeah, he's yeah. a child. But again, it fits his character. I liked it. Uh, Woody Harrelson dancing to the Ghostbusters theme song. I don't know why I was laughing. I think they were going to choose a different song, but they, they chose to go with the Ghostbusters theme song. And then I thought Emma Stone was amazing playing Janine from the Ghostbusters, the receptionist. Yeah. Like, you listen to her, and she's like, oh, here's the ghost that's up in the chandelier. Just the way her yeah. voice was and everything, she did such, uh, it was so funny. It was really <laughs> short, but it was really hilarious. And again, you guys touched on most of my treasures, but uh, that's all I got. All right, cool. Let's get into our ticket prices. So, uh, Mugga, how much are you paying to watch Zombieland? This whole podcast, I'm 
on the ropes between 10 and 15, and I don't know where to go. Like, I love this movie, but is it really a 15? And I, I don't I don't know. Like, I, I cannot find the thing to tip me over. I, I think I'm going to go 10. I just want to say that it's a high 10. Like, I was so close to giving it a 15, but I, I have to give it $10, which... As a high ten, I think it's it's a great movie. The movies that I've given fifteen, I, I can't put in that category. So I'm going to go ten dollars. Okay, uh, Ricky, how much are you paying? So even though I spent fifteen minutes ranting about Jesse Eisenberg, I, I thoroughly <laughs> did enjoy this movie. It's a small cast, and I felt like they all fed off each other, just all complemented one another very well. So I'm not going to shit on it. Give it five dollars, but for me, I, I give this movie ten dollars. Cool. All right, Lindy, how much are you paying to watch this movie? I agree with $10. I think that's fair. I've watched the movie multiple times, and it's one of those movies that I just never get tired of watching. I always find enjoyment out of it. So even though, what, we're 10 years fast forward, I think it still fits with even movies today. We're going to go watch in the theater, double tap, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm excited. So I, I would definitely pay to watch it now knowing. Back then, probably not, but, well, movies weren't that much back then either. But, yeah, I would. $10. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to go with 10. I was kind of in the space you were mugs, like between 10 and 15. But um, when I really think about like if somebody was like, hey, do you want to buy a copy of it or yeah. would you go see it in a movie theater? I'd, I'd probably pay 10. You know, my biggest treasure with this movie outside all the stuff we mentioned was like, I love that the movie is short, sweet to the point and it doesn't try to be more than it is. Like it knows exactly what kind of movie it is and it gets it over with. Like it gives you an hour, 20 minutes of entertainment or whatever and you're out the door. So I do appreciate that. They don't drag anything out but yeah i'm gonna go with the ten dollars jason how much are you paying i'm struggling now too because i'm between i was leaning more towards 15 to be honest you know starting this out you know reading this is the the director's first movie yeah i think that's huge um they shot in 42 days just the tight cast and how well they just fed off each other i think they acted great I, i like how the blood's all digital but it's still like it's fitting for the movie um the humor it is short and sweet. I mean, it's 82 minutes. But they do a lot. and They, they do well with the time. They take advantage of all the time that they have. Um, I'm still struggling as of right now. Wishing we had like a 12.50. But uh, I think I'm going to go 10 as well. I'm going to go 10 bucks. There's no need to calculate that. We're going to be $10. <laughs> all right. So we would pay uh, 10 bucks to watch Zombieland. Uh, anybody got any thoughts before we move on? I pointed out to Ryan at the end of the movie. Did you guys see that at the very end with Bill Murray and Woody Harrelson? The very, very end. It's I like realized it was end. going on, but I think I was like taking a it piss, was, but I was like, oh shit, I need to get out end, there. There's an no, end credit scene. Yeah. Oh, for real? I, I believe he's referencing Caddyshack. I didn't quite His understand. Caddyshack. Because he's playing Bill Murray, and I think Woody Harrelson's or Tallahassee is like, do you know, I think he references like a Caddyshack acting style and all that, his character in Caddyshack. Yeah. I did read about yeah. that too, but yeah. I never watched the scene. I also think it's funny too how like Woody Harrelson's like, oh, I love all of your movies and they acted in Kingpin together, which yeah. is funny, but. That's right. Yeah, I guess the scene where Woody Harrelson is meeting Bill Murray, he goes, Bill fucking Murray, and he says that, you know, that he was trying to simulate what Woody Harrelson goes through when he has someone that meets him, how they get all starstruck, and he, so he was trying to act that same way, oh, and awesome. I, I thought that was kind of kind of cool, so. Hmm. But let's get to the most important question. Uh, what question is that, Muggs? If Tom Cruise was in this movie, what part would he play? Because I'm torn between Tallahassee, which I don't think you can do, or himself being just Tom Cruise and Bill Murray's character, which I love both of those guys, but it's like, I, I don't know. All right, so I have an idea. So you know how they mentioned Tom Cruise, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it have been great if the first place they go to is Tom Cruise's house, and Tom Cruise turns out to be dead already, 
and they have to like run away from him. Like he does his like parkour. He's like, <laughs> like he's unkillable. He's like a Resident Evil boss because you know the physique is on point. So like, uh, Bill Murray saves them, and he's just like, "Yo, come to my house." Like, wouldn't that have been cool if Tom Cruise is just like an extra celebrity zombie? So you're saying you can't be anyone else in the movie. He would have to have his own part and make the story. Yeah, flow. just play himself, but uh-huh. dead, dead Tom Cruise. There you go. I am not a Tom Cruise fan what? at all. I would have went on a tangent like you. I think the first movie <laughs> that I actually liked Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise I'm sorry, podcast. I just don't. And was that Oblivion movie, she, which she, she nobody Oblivion. likes, she, and that's the first time no, that I, I really I that, that I really like enjoyed his character. I think just Top Gun. Days of Thunder? I just, you know, I think because I know his character outside of movies and, and how he is in his personal life. And and the fact that I felt like in his era, there was so much hype about him. And he was Not like... Hype. The, hype. <sighs> like, <laughs> hype. In, really? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. To, right? <laughs> you just had to make that little comment. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, he just wasn't a heartthrob for me. I, I felt like he was overrated. And I, I think if they would have placed him in the movie it would have taken away from the characters that they did cast he he's just isn't a comedic type person in my opinion have you ever what's the movie where tropic thunder there you go yeah, <laughs> yeah but i don't know again i i, I just don't care right. for him right. you have this flip-flop lindy you're supposed to like tom cruise no but <laughs> not like oblivion you like oblivion but don't I'm like tom sorry. you got it backwards i know i know <laughs> So we're just agree. He doesn't even yeah, fit in this movie. I, I agree with Kerwin. It just, I, I, as much as, like I said, I bitched about Jesse Eisenberg, he fits this role perfect. Yeah. Um, and I mean, who else are you going to take him for? Are you going to cast him as Wichita and yeah. just have him sit there with pigtails? So, I mean, you can't take it from Bill Murray. So, I mean, same thing. Go to the house and he's there and Bill Murray saves him. So that's pretty much the only, only route I could see for that. All right. All right. So uh, anything else? That's it. In the words of Tom Cruise. Fuck you, Sally. Cool. You don't like Tom Cruise? Thanks for listening to this episode of $20 Ticket. Follow us on Instagram at $20 Ticket and leave your ticket price about the movies we've reviewed. If you have any comments or suggestions, send them to $20Ticket at gmail.com. That's 2-0, the numbers, $20Ticket at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts and thank you for listening. Produced by Columbia Pictures, Relativity Media, and Pariah. It's distributed. Motherfucker. She's nervous. All right, so just uh, like get close to the mic, speak into the mic, and you'll be fine. You got it. The whole podcast hinges on this. Oh, my goodness. Yo, if you don't nail this, we are screwed. Tired.